On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla sets a company record with Q3 production and deliveries. Elon Musk settles with and then spars with the SEC. A police officer sees a Tesla for the very first time during a traffic stop and more. Howdy friends, I'm Ryan McCaffrey alongside a chilled out Daisy the Boxer puppy, still awake for now. We'll see if uh, she makes it through the whole show this week. She almost never does. Uh, Anyway, this is episode 166 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for October 7th, 2018. And I wanted to kick off yet another crazy busy week of Tesla news and activity uh, with a little more discussion about the volunteering at the various stores and delivery hubs that's been happening around the country and and even around the world over the last uh, week or so here in the wake of my tweet to Elon that he, again, sort of (laughs) inexplicably replied to, setting off this this wave of of owner enthusiasm and support for uh, the Tesla employees who are trying to deliver so many cars in that stretch run of Q3, and it was just so great to see. Uh, first, so I, I did. I went back to the Fremont Delivery Hub for another round. Uh, the the that last Saturday of the quarter there, Saturday the 29th, and right away I was greeted by I, I met James from the Bay Area, a regular caller here on Ride the Lightning, which uh, was great to put. It's I I always love meeting people that listen to the podcast, and especially ones that have called in. Because like actually getting to put the the face to the voice is uh, is really really enjoyable, really special for me. And uh, the Fremont staff, I have to say, was once again just unbelievably gracious, both to me and I witnessed it uh, them behaving just as wonderfully to the other owner volunteers that showed up. I mean, I, I would I would go out to say I know the the word literally gets overused by a lot by a, a large factor in our society these days. But I, I am confident in saying that the Fremont team, the staff there, literally could not have been nicer to me and to the other owners. So I want to say thank you to Cynthia and to Brenda and the whole team there for welcoming us with open arms and, uh, and really just making us feel at home and feel, feel like we were part of the family for the, the day or you know, whatever time we spent there. And again, I, you know, I, I had a great time talking to people. And once again, I talked about it last week, my body went into what I call convention mode. I didn't eat, didn't drink anything, didn't have to use the restroom, uh, just nothing. There was even a food truck right there. They, they brought in a food truck, which I thought was super smart and very kind of them to do because... The fact of the matter is they have, at least in Fremont, and I suspect a lot of Tesla stores, given the volume of deliveries during that last push of the quarter, people were waiting around a lot. You know, their appointment would be at one time and, you know, they'd have to wait a bit until the staff could get to them. So the fact that they had a food truck there, I thought was was a really smart move. But yeah, I I just didn't even think about it. I was too busy talking to people the whole time. Uh, it It was just fantastic. There was, there was one couple in particular. They're a retired couple. They, they told me they're uh, retired. 
and it really seemed like it was it was the wife's car. It was her car primarily, but the husband was there. You know, he didn't, wasn't saying as much, but he was there. He was a big smile on his face as well. And she was just giddy, like a kid on Christmas morning, which I just loved seeing. In fact, at one point, you know, I'm just explaining. So I, that was one where I... I got to come up and say to the employee, you know, clearly like there was no paperwork going on, but there was a Tesla employee there. And I just sort of politely said, hey, is there, you know, can I maybe answer any questions here if you need to go off to to help another customer? And they were, the, the staffer at Tesla was very relieved for, to hear me say that by the, by the look on her face. And so I just took over the orientation and it was uh, the, the couple, the woman, they were buying a, a CPO Model S, uh, which I took a look at as a, it was autopilot one. So that means it was, you know, at least a two year old car, but in, you know, in Tesla time, that's, that's nothing. These are million mile motors and battery packs that last a long, long time. So, you know, no, no biggie there. So I just was, was walking her through the car and she just needed everything. She needed every form of instruction. She just wasn't familiar with the car at all. And, and I had such a great time showing her everything, you know, how you can, their little shortcut on the S and the X with the vertical, the, the, uh, portrait oriented screen where, the, the fixed row of icons at the top, you know, like your navigation and your backup camera and, and the music and all that stuff. If you hold that down up there, it'll bring up the little sort of mini window and then you can just drag down if, if you know, in case you want that, uh, the thing that you're clicking on to show up in the bottom half of the screen or the top half and you can switch it that way. So those little shortcuts I was showing her and she was super into it and she just had this huge grin on her face and at one point, like she thanked me a few times during the conversation, which just felt so nice. And at one point I actually said to her, I looked at her and said, look, that right there, that look on your face right now is, this is, that's why this is fun for me. And she was just, she just could not have been happier. She said, oh, I've been waiting so long to get this car. And, and then they, I had to politely explain to her as well. It's like, um, so kind of everything I'm telling you is going to change in like a week. There's a new version of the software in the cars coming out. So um, <laughs> that, I felt a little weird about that. Like just the timing of V9, meaning like everything I was showing her was was about to become old news. But in any case, uh, it was just a great time. I mean, the closest thing I had to a negative experience either of the two times, and this is, again, not even close, but I'll just tell you. So there was, there was one woman, it's actually the l- very last person that I that I spoke with before I I had told my wife, my wife had a function, so I had to leave at a certain time. So that time had come and I was uh, with a a woman in her her Model X uh, and she was trying to figure out a few things on it. And she just kept saying, she was unhappy. There were a couple things, like there was some stuff on the front of the car that that looked like it was hopefully gonna gonna rub off. They needed a little extra detailing attention, which uh, a handful of the cars that I saw did. And it's okay, no big deal. And so the, the Tesla employee had gone off to do that while while I was doing an orientation. And she kind of, you know, she was frustrated about a couple things and, and understandably so, given what, what they what she was talking about. But she just kept talking to me. She kept saying, well, you guys this and you guys that. And even though I, I told her like three different times in the, in the most sort of polite way I could that I didn't work for Tesla, I'd sort of say like, I'm just a, vol- I'm an owner. I'm just volunteering my time. But so <laughs> other than being a little frustrated and trying to, uh, kind of lump me in, which I, I kind of felt bad a little bit in that when I, when I had, I had to go, like I had to leave. I said, listen, I, I'm sorry, I have to go. Like I, she seemed pretty annoyed by that because she thought I was an employee. 
I guess she, I don't know. She just thought like, well, my shift's over. I gotta go, even though we're kind of in the middle of this. So felt a little bad about that. And um, anyway, that's that's the closest thing I had. To, so not even close to an actual negative experience. It was just so cool to meet the other owner volunteers. Some of them were at, at Fremont were listeners of this podcast. Uh, and just to, to see all the happy faces of the new owners taking delivery. So there is that. Uh, the other quick thing about me this week before I move on is, uh, guess what? I took another nail in the same tire, the rear left tire. I, I, I had a day trip to Los Angeles this week, just left in the morning, came back at dinner time. So it's down there for a meeting. And I come back to a car, and the car is yelling at me for low tire pressure. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And of course, the, the closest service center, which is Burlingame to the San Francisco airport, had just closed. It was just past that time. So I was just like, all right, let me try and get this home, and got it home, just drove it carefully, and uh, called in and got an appointment. And anyway, took it, took it to uh, San Francisco service center the next morning, and and sure enough, they're like, oh, there's another nail in this tire. It wasn't nothing wrong with the plug that had been put in last time. So I said, well, we got to replace it because you can't, you know, we can't really patch it twice. It's not safe for the tire. I'm like, okay. So I'm waiting around a little while. They come back and they go, well, it uh, turns out we don't have any 20-inch tires because the performance cars are, are, so, are relatively new. We don't have any, it's like, and none of the other service centers have them. We have to order it from Fremont. Okay. So they actually, they did patch up the tire and said, we'll get it over from Fremont. We'll call you tomorrow. Never got that call. Decided I'm going to call myself today. I waited on hold. You know, they, you get a, you get stuck in a queue. They're so busy. I waited an hour, an hour on the phone. So that was less than ideal. And then a very nice woman comes back on to help me. And says, yeah, we still don't have the tire. Let me bug Fremont again. So, you know, this is my second experience. Yeah, second experience with Tesla service. The first one was, you know, mostly good. Kind of got off a little on the wrong foot. This one is, you know, a little less than ideal as well between the long wait time on the phone and the fact that they still don't have this tire. Like, can I just, I'll just drive over to Fremont and get it myself at this rate. But Oh, we'll see how that ends, but yeah, they, the the one interesting thing I wanted to pass along was uh, the San Francisco people this, told me that they're getting two to three cars a day with nails and tires. Like, that's how much of an urban disaster San Francisco is. So, my goodness, but anyway, um, let's, uh, let's get on with things. Oh, real quick, so... Uh, this is sort of half news. The referral program got uh, sort of renewed again today, which is great to see. And and uh, the, the big news here that I want to mention is that now every new Tesla is eligible for the referral credit of $100 towards supercharging. So that's, it, instead of just SX and Performance Model 3, it's any new S, any new S, and any New Model 3, so that is huge. Uh, I, like I said, I, the, the impossible dream for me, I mean, just, it, it, which it would just be incredible, would be, could I somehow get the Roadster? Get enough referrals to get the Roadster? That would be the dream come true to end all dream come, dreams come true. I mean, a few people in the community have gotten enough referrals to get one. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, like, this might actually be possible 
And I'll tell you, if I would give every single one of you a ride, if you if you find me, if I could somehow pull that off, because like I, I would sell the spirit of adventure to pay the taxes on the roadster, but I would keep it. I'm telling you, I would keep it. I would, a smaller car is better in San Francisco. It's easier to get around. It's easier to park. I would, I would YOLO that car. That would be the, you only live once. That would just be the dream of all dreams. So anyway, if, uh, if you haven't placed your order yet and you are planning to order again, any new Tesla anytime soon, I would be flattered and, and humbled and grateful if you would use my referral code. So, you know, I'll, I'll get one step closer and you'll get that $100 supercharging credit, which depending on where you live, it's good for, you know, that's at least a year's worth of, of driving, basically a year's worth of supercharging credits, maybe a little more depending on where you live. So my referral code is Ryan73014. Or if you're ordering online, you just type in in a, in a browser window, ts.la slash Ryan73014. And if you type that in now, you'll see it used to bring you to a landing page that allowed you to select SX or Performance 3. Now it allows you to select SX and just any three and also solar too. I mean, hey, if you're doing solar, you can use my referral credit, or pardon me, referral code as well. So that is that. Gonna see, I don't even know if they'll keep the referral program open long enough, but why not take, I mean, why not, right? Like that's light. Well, got to go for it. Go for it. So if you, if you enjoy my work here on the podcast and you're, you haven't bought your Tesla yet, please uh, think well of me with that referral code when you, when you go to order. All right, let's get to the news. There is a lot of it. I want to start with the good news, the excellent news this week. Tesla's incredible Q3. Their numbers are in but word on profitability has not quite yet come in. I'll talk about that in a second, but let me give you the numbers first. So Tesla produced 80,142 vehicles in Q3, which is just amazing. Listen to the delivery numbers, though. 83,500 vehicles. Shout out to the cars in transit. That weren't quite delivered at the end of the last at the end of Q2 that got to count in Q3, and that there's always those there's always those cars rolling over. There's another batch of those that'll roll over to Q4, but 83,500 Teslas delivered to customers in Q3. Obviously, a record. I'll talk a little more about that in a second. So the the breakdown is Model S 14,470, Model X. 13,190. So, you know, the X, after all this time, the, the sort of original thought was that it would end up being about 50 50. You know, it would be about the same uh, level of production and deliveries that, of the S. And that has pretty well played out, uh, just about. It's, I don't think the X has ever quite exceeded S in production, but it's always been right there, pretty neck and neck. And Model 3, 55,840 Model 3s delivered, which came in at the high end of Tesla's guidance. And as Teslarati notes, by the way, hat tip to them, that Model 3 figure of over 55,000, almost 56,000 vehicles is about twice as many Model 3s in Q3 as all previous Model 3 quarters combined. Wow. 
That is just fantastic. Now, as for profitability, if it did happen, Tesla is playing its uh, holding its cards close to its chest. Nothing's been announced yet as of press time. <laughs> press press time. I'm not a newspaper. As of the recording of this podcast, uh, so seemingly then by the the fact. See, every other quarter they're they're pretty quick to give out their information, but they're they're uh, keeping this one close. So that tells me that either the profitability didn't quite happen, uh, and on that possibility, let me just say that while none of my multiple Tesla sources have outright told me anything specifically like, yes, we were profitable or no, we weren't, the, the people that I have heard from, let me just say they have been very optimistic. They've, they've been conveying, projecting confidence in that department. Uh, so the other option, I think, and probably in my opinion, the more likely option is that Tesla is holding off on that profitability announcement until the day of the earnings call uh, when they'll they'll send out, you know, they got to send out the shareholder letter that day and then jump on that conference call with the shareholders. Because if they, if they do that, if they hold till, you know, it's basically one more month till about this time next month in November, and they do it that day, well, guess what? That's going to give them a very, very exciting, positive thing to focus on with the investors who are on that Q3 earnings call coming up. So we shall see. Uh, I, I'm definitely confident, again, based on everything I've seen, everything I've heard, everything I've been told. So um, I'd, what I want to say about this is, first and foremost, congratulations to everyone at Tesla either way, whether you just missed or whether you got the profitability. I know a lot, I know there are plenty of Tesla employees that listen to this. I hear from you here and there from time to time. And I, I want to say congratulations to all of you because this was, you know, I don't work there. I don't have the firsthand behind the scenes knowledge, but just even from the outside, this was clearly a heck of an effort on the Tesla team's part. And hopefully those kinds of numbers that I just read you from Q3 can become normal and hopefully they can become normal in a way that will not require any Herculean 11th hour superhuman effort from the greater Tesla team. I mean, here's the thing. This is it, my friends. Like th this right now, think, just sort of take this in for a minute. This right here is the tipping point. Model 3, and I, I promise you I'm not overstating this because it was all written down years ago. The Model 3 was the reason for the company's existence. It was to get here, to get, it was the reason the Roadster, the S, and the X existed. Uh, all to get to this point of a mass-produced, uh, relatively affordable, mass-market electric vehicle that would help usher in the transition to sustainable energy. Now, I don't want to discount the Roadster SRX or, or minimize what those cars did in their own right. I don't want to do that at all. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. But again, it, it was all building to this, a mass-produced, more affordable car. And yes, I grant, of course, we still haven't seen the $35,000 car from uh, that, that Elon got on stage and talked about in 2016. We haven't seen that car. 
And that's fair. That is a fair criticism. That is a fair thing to, you know, hold up here as a, as a caveat to all of this. But Tesla has nevertheless managed to successfully move down market and they're doing so in a sustainably mass produced kind of way. A little bit of extra perspective on this before I, I move on to the next story. And I, I want to, again, talking about hat tipping seems to be my, my catchphrase today for some reason. Uh, a hat tip to Bloomberg journalist Tom Randall. He covers Tesla for Bloomberg. You've heard him mention me in, in his articles on the podcast from time to time. He posted a chart that showed the Model 3's sales rank among all sedans, not electric sedans, just all sedans. And the list for Q3 went Corolla, Camry, Civic, Accord, Model 3, everything else, literally everything else. So the Model 3 didn't just outsole, pardon me, outsell all but four other sedans in Q, uh, Q3 and all other electric. It wasn't just electric. It was every other sedan period outside of those four entrenched sedan mainstays, those evergreen titans that sell you know so many units and hopefully the Model 3 is, is on its way to toppling those or, or moving further up the list. But, uh, you know, so that... That is just astounding that it ranks that highly on on a very competitive list. So, and the other thing too, Q4 is going to be just as big of a push as Q3 was. So, uh, hopefully, the Model Three can hit a steady six thousand cars total cars, not just drivetrains, not just battery packs, but six thousand cars produced per week at some point in the Q in the fourth quarter to hopefully make things a bit less intense, shall we say? Actually, that was Elon's word on Twitter, was intense. Hopefully make things a bit less intense for the Tesla team as they try to do this again in Q4 and sustain it and and keep the company, uh, get it to profitability and keep it there. But uh, bravo to all Tesla employees. All of you worked immensely hard. I mean, you, you always work hard, but... This was a, an incredible effort, and, and you really all deserve a huge thank you and, and a lot of gratitude from the Tesla community. Because guess what? I'm, I was one of the 55,840 happy new Model 3 owners this quarter. So there, there were a lot of us, and I'm one of them, and I'm so grateful for the team's efforts. The next story this week, the other big story, and that is Elon Musk settling with the SEC and their lawsuit against him. So first, I want to note my I want to apologize for missing this on last week's episode. I mean, I didn't miss it. It it just fell in that well between when I recorded and when the show came out. So news broke of Elon's settlement on Saturday afternoon, literally while I was at the Fremont Delivery Hub helping uh, with with customer deliveries, one of the other owner volunteers told me about it. He's like, he said, uh, he said, you hear about Elon? I said, no, tell me. <laughs> and he told me. And so, uh, you know, I was there till five o'clock. And then, as I said, by the time I got home, I was exhausted. I was out of time. My wife had a function to go to. So I had to go in, into dad mode. 
And, you know, I just needed the, the, the family time and the, and the downtime. So you guys know I put a ton of energy and a ton of time into this podcast. And I will say, because I, I got a lot of tweets saying, oh, are you going to re-record? Are you going to edit the show? Are you, you going to do a bonus episode? And I, I appreciate that all of you think highly enough of me to even think that I, I might re-record, that I might do that. But, um, you know, it's that thing where when you put out a podcast at ex- the exact same time, the exact same day, every single week, sometimes you win with the timing. Like, for instance, last week, when before last week's show, my whole volunteering exchange with Elon happened on Friday afternoon, and I could get it right on the podcast Friday night. But and but the thing is, sometimes you lose, like with this. <laughs> you know, I I just that one just fell in the well uh, between when I recorded and when I published. But anyway, on with the story itself. So Elon Musk's settlement with the SEC, the Securities and Exchanges Commission. Tesla and Elon will each separately pay a $20 million penalty. Elon Musk will be barred from serving as chairman of the board at Tesla for at least three years. Now, you may remember from last week that the offer on the table that I talked about at that point that uh, that Elon walked away from was a two-year ban from being chairman, from the chairman's seat, and the fines were about half of that, of what I just read you. So the waffling there cost Elon Musk. Now he does, before you panic at all, Elon remains CEO. He will continue to run Tesla. Uh, Here's a quote from SEC chairman Jay Clayton. He said, quote, "'This matter has been widely followed "'by our Main Street investors.'" When companies and corporate insiders make statements, they must act responsibly. This, of course, in reference to Elon's privatization tweet, the $420 a share, buying people out thing. That whole, you, you know the, the drill. You know the story very well by now. So uh, prior to the settlement, so on Friday after Elon rejected the initial settlement, Tesla's stock took a 14% hit dropping $42. Then on Monday, after Elon did take the settlement, albeit a worse, ver- you know, a, a stiffer penalized version of it over the weekend, the stock gained all of that back on Monday. It, it, it since tailed off a little bit over the course of the rest of the week, but uh, it did bounce back. So Elon Musk, I did confirm, by the way, there's another hat tip. Uh, hat tip to Dana Hull, also of Bloomberg. She helped, uh, I, had a, I had a clarification question that I needed answered that I just couldn't find on any website, on any of the, the stories. Uh, she helped help me dig up the information. Actually, she dug up the information for me that I was curious, can Elon even stay on the board or does he have to be off the board entirely? He can remain on the board. He just cannot serve as chairman. Uh, Dana also uh, helped me find, she passed along, that Elon has 45 days to resign as chairman. So I suspect he will use probably all of that time. That seems to be the the Elon way. It's just, you know, why? I mean, unless it starts his uh, the clock sooner, in which case that there'd be a good case for just start like a, like a, like a sports suspension 
oh, you've been suspended 10 games. Well, you could appeal or you could just start serving it now so you can get back sooner. But anyway, uh, so those are the details of that. And I have to say, I mean, there is a lot to chew on with this, and there are certainly a lot of opinions on it. Some out there can argue, uh, with conviction, I might add, that this whole thing is unfair to Elon in the sense that, that this whole thing did come about extremely quickly, more so, and in fact, a number of the outlets reported on the fact that, that the SEC doesn't usually move this quickly with anything like this, that, that, that it moved so quickly as to you know, raise some eyebrows. So there is that. Uh, you know, that the, the short sellers who have, who have very clearly and very publicly waged a FUD campaign against Tesla to try and drive that stock price down, that those, you know, the people can argue, well, those people aren't being held accountable. Elon is, but why can those people behave that way in a, in a public space and in a clear effort to manipulate the stock price in a negative direction? And I would say to that, that, that that's fair to say. That is, that is a fair argument to be made. However, I mean, the, the one nice part about me not recording something and not catching this in time for last week's show is that I've had a lot of time to marinate on this. And as I like to do, you know, I, I, if you pull back to the 10,000-foot view, pull up, you know, just, just look out, take, take the larger scale picture here. The fact of the matter is that Elon messed up. I've said that, uh, you know, I don't want to, to beat it into the ground, but I a hundred percent believe Elon Musk when he says that he had the noblest of intentions with, with his, his tweet that he, uh, you know, he was trying to be open and, and honest. I don't think for a second, which I said last week as well, that that he intended to mislead or manipulate anybody. But he was naive in his approach to this whole thing. He should have vetted the plan with Tesla Legal or, or whomever else at Tesla needed to, to uh, be made aware of and, and sign off on something like this. That should have happened before Elon uttered a single word about this publicly. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Elon probably would admit that if I could ask him, if he were sitting here right now. And in fact, I'll say, I think he will admit that publicly when he is inevitably asked about it, whether it's on a conference call or by a journalist between now and then or what. But the bottom line to all of this is that none of it should have ever happened. This was a self-inflicted wound, and uh, that's where it is. That's where we stand. Now, if you're worried about any sort of potential board coup to oust Elon, because technically he is now vulnerable to that, at least certainly more than he was before, I would not give that a moment's concern. The board, remember, the board gave him a huge vote of confidence in that, in that board statement that I read to you last week before he settled. And the thing is, if they tried to show Elon the door... They would be doing themselves, their shareholders, their employees, whose, whose livelihood they are responsible for, and their customers, all of those people they'd be doing a, a terrible disservice to by, by attempting any sort of shenanigans against Elon Musk. Uh, I, 
while, you know, hey, yes, Elon is one of 40,000 plus Tesla employees. I don't mean to single him out as, as the one and only important person. I'm not trying to say that at all. But he is the brains of the operation. That's, there's, there's no doubt about that. So I do hope that the board is able to find a, a wonderful number two for Elon, you know, be it a, a COO, a chief, chief operating officer maybe, that can help take some of that day-to-day business running burden off of Elon. But with this done, so uh, I, my hope is that Tesla will be able to move forward on this rather than have this dark cloud just hovering over them, which my suspicion is that that's probably how Elon's legal team and Tesla's executive team got Elon back to the negotiating table with the SEC by just telling him, hey, look, we, we don't want this following us around for, for the next number of months or even potentially years. Uh, I think this settlement does seem to be what's best for the company, given all the possible outcomes so that I, I, I like it from that regard. And, and the, the focus now can be on the record-setting Q3 that I just told you about. It can be on, hopefully, profitability. If, if not in Q3, uh, then hopefully Q4. The release of the V9 software, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later on in the podcast. And just this incredible forward momentum that Tesla now has in, in every way, including finally, you know, after all these years, 15 years, a fiscal way of positive forward fiscal momentum. So that is all great. Well, I thought all of this was over for all intents and purposes. But unfortunately, Elon took to Twitter later in the week and he uh, took to, I think it's fair to say, mock the SEC. He said, quote, just want to say that the Short Seller Enrichment Commission, SEC, is doing incredible work, and the name change is so on point. Uh, and he actually left out a word, uh, the word say. I put it back in there to, to make it clear to you. And so he, it, you know, he clearly had a typo there, and he followed up and said, uh, sorry about that typo. That was unforgivable. Why would they be upset about their mission? It's what they do. So, you know, he is not thrilled. He's, he's poking the bear here. Uh, he was not done, however. He later replied, he somehow dug up his own tweet from 2012. I can't even find my tweets from 2012, the way Twitter works. He replied to his own tweet from 2012 that had said, he said this in 2012, that said, even though they cause me grief, I would defend the right of shorts to exist. They are often unreasonably maligned. Uh, pardon me, maligned. So that was in 2012. His 2018 reply to himself this week, he said, quote, the last several years have taught me that they are indeed reasonably maligned. What they do should be illegal. He did mix in uh, a little after that a slightly less cynical note, adding, quote, People sometimes forget that a company is just a group of people gathered together to make products. So as long as so long as it makes great products, it will have great value. Well, you guys know that I like to. I, I am a Tesla fanboy. I say it on many a show. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I believe that they have earned that. 
I believe Elon Musk has earned that. But I also am a journalist. Uh, I call it, I got to call it like I see it. And as much as I genuinely admire Elon Musk and I respect Elon Musk, I have to say I was disappointed in him this week with this. I will say that I there is no way for me and probably not for any of you to imagine what it's like to have this impossible goal that you're that you've been working on that against all odds you are actually achieving as Tesla is doing as Elon is doing with Tesla and by the way SpaceX but that's neither here nor there for this uh particular instance. So that's that has got to eat at you when you are doing what many are have called impossible and you're succeeding at it and you've got these people uh th- this collectively powerful group of people, the short sellers that that are relentlessly attacking you and trying to literally diminish and devalue your company. That has got to hurt. That has got to be uh, fill you full of anger. But the thing is, I just I Elon needs to take the L on this one. Take the L, my friend. He messed up. He agreed to a settlement over that mess up. And even it, if he would have. Uh, the fact is, you know, even if he would have never been in that position, if not for those very short sellers, it doesn't change the fact that he needs to be the bigger person. If not for himself, for his 40,000 plus employees, and after that to his shareholders, and after that to, if I may be so bold, to us, his customers and his fans. This is Tesla is way bigger than just Elon Musk. It has been for a long, long time now. But now, again, after everything I just told you about Q3 and this this incredible result, it's more true than ever. It is especially true. We stand now, and I'm using royal we, because really it's Tesla and the employees there that that have built the company. But we as the Tesla community, I mean, all of us, we stand at the cusp, in my opinion, of Tesla becoming an unstoppable force in the automotive industry, be those forces short sellers or anyone else. They, Tesla may very well uh, have, have just achieved profitability for the first of what will hopefully be many, many sustained quarters in a row. So I would like to see Elon focus on the good, like that superhuman effort his team put forward in Q3, and especially that last week of it that I witnessed firsthand uh, at Fremont twice. You know, it's there's that. There's the autopilot team, which is uh, about to release navigate on autopilot. I have a a little update for you in that coming up soon as well. And just the the general, the software team that's rolling out V9 with all its uh, wonderful new features and changes right now. That is pushing out right now. Focus on that. I mean, Elon Musk, I can't imagine you'll ever hear this, but if you do, I mean, I know you're only human, but you can do better than this. 
Uh, you are better than this. I know it. I've seen it. I, I have uh, been following Elon and and covering him in this company for longer than I've much longer than I've been doing this podcast. So, you know, I <laughs> I think I've made the dumb analogy to the Dark Knight, which is because it's my all time favorite movie. I love to quote it at pretty much any chance I get. I think I've made this silly analogy to the Dark Knight before, but if in case I haven't, here it is again. Elon, you're Batman. I'm Alfred. Go. Endure, Master Wayne. Take it. They'll hate you for it, but that's the point of Batman. He can be the outcast. He can make the choice that no one else can make. The right choice. All right, let's move back to happier topics. And there's your your, your uh, Dark Knight quote of the week, if you needed one. Anyway, <laughs> Tesla released this week a vehicle safety report covering Q3. You may recall that Tesla promised something like this in the wake of the Model 3 getting its five-star in every category crash test rating from the NHTSA. So Tesla in their report saying, quote, earlier this year, when we made the decision to begin publishing our safety data on a regular basis, we designed and introduced a completely new telemetry stream for our vehicles to facilitate these reports. This new data stream allows us to gather the most critical fleet-wide statistics from the exact moment a crash-related event is detected by our system. While there are still some unique cases in which crash data may not be available to us through this channel, we believe this system currently provides the best framework for safety reporting on an ongoing basis. Here's a look at the data we've been able to report, or pardon me, the data we're able to report for Q3. They note that over the past quarter, we've registered one accident or crash-like event for every 3.34 million miles driven in which drivers had autopilot engaged. For those driving without autopilot, we registered one accident or crash-like event for every 1.92 million miles driven. By comparison, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's most recent data shows that in the United States, there is an automobile crash every 492,000 miles. While NHTSA's data includes accidents that have occurred, our records include accidents as well as near misses, what we are calling crash-like events. So uh, th those numbers certainly look pretty good for Tesla in the sense, you know, from one every four, one every roughly half a million miles in other cars to one every 3.3 million miles in an autopilot in with autopilot engaged in a Tesla. That looks great. And it is, it is great. Don't get me wrong. I, I would like to have a little more context though. For instance, let me give an example. For instance, what do those numbers look like compared to other Teslas that haven't purchased autopilot at all and thus can never use it. I feel like that would be a more interesting apples to apples comparison. Now I know that's that's not necessarily Tesla's objective here. It's sort of a, that would probably be I would think a secondary objective because the primary objective is to help show how safe Teslas in general are compared to non-Teslas with that secondary objective being, well, let's show how safe 
autopilot and even in its its current evolving form is. So I totally get that. But uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see that more apples to apples comparison there and and uh, compare that data. But I am very glad to see Tesla sharing these figures. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how those figures evolve over time. Because transparency is a good thing. It is always a good thing. It's just like I try to always be transparent with all of you. And just in my general, I'm very much an honesty is the best policy kind of guy. So it's nice to see Tesla putting this kind of data out there. For this next story, uh, it's actually the, the last main story of the week. This is kind of a fun one. Uh, this made its way around the internet this week. This is a Model 3 owner, and I'm not sure what state this occurred in, but this is a, a Model 3 being pulled over by a police officer, and this is the interaction between the driver and the officer as recorded by the driver's dash cam. So take a listen to this. You're not allowed to have your computer mounted on there. <laughs> um, could you help me See, take it off? Put it to GPS, which is kind of cool, but you're not allowed to have anything. Oh, this, any screens like this that. is stock with the car. Like, this literally is my only center console. What is this thing? It's called a Tesla Model 3. Maybe that's why. So, like, yeah, I can't remove this. It, it's like how I control my air conditioning. I see. Yeah, I can see all the controls down there. Interesting. Hmm. Well, where's your speedometer? Does it go on? The it's right screen? here. Oh, it does? Yeah. I thought maybe it went on the screen or something like that. Does it have other features, like other computer features? Like you can... No, all I can do... It's like car stuff, right? So some of like the driving settings or like controlling the music, oh, but see. nothing, yeah, nothing else. All right, yeah, I can see you've got... Looks like you've got your... Uh, is that your um, air conditioning in like the, the venting uh -huh. in the front and stuff? Exactly, yeah. Uh -huh. I see. Well... All right, I've asked you enough stupid questions. Uh, no, you're totally fine. So, I apologize for stopping. I didn't realize it was stock computer screen, but obviously it's. You said it controls the car. So. Yeah. All right, you free to go. Apologize. Hey, not a problem. Take care. Drive safely and pretty slick. Thanks a lot. So as I said, this clip went pretty viral this week. Over a million hits on YouTube already since it was posted earlier this week. And so I initially wasn't going to play it, but because I, I, I just I thought I would because. I think the internet was was a little too hard on the police officer here because, you know, let's look at this turned out to be honestly kind of embarrassing, not even kind of. This was embarrassing for the police officer who clearly had just simply never he didn't know about Tesla's. He hadn't seen one or certainly a Model 3 at the very least where the, you know, because at least in the S and the X. The screen is only super obvious from the outside of the car, like at night, even with the night mode. Whereas a Model 3, you know, that it is it is sort of coming up and out of the the dashboard, so it's it's much more obvious. But, you know, it, the, the the officer, I thought he handled it very well when he when he clearly realized pretty quickly, like, oh, I haven't seen this car before, and this is how this car works. I've pulled this guy over for something that's you know, totally not a problem at all. And you even heard him, the, the officer apologized a couple of times, in fact. It, and I, I even want to add, I think the Model 3 owner in this case is very lucky 
that the officer seemingly didn't hear him say, well, can you help me take it off? Uh, early on in the conversation there when, when the officer first thought it was a laptop screen. And I think the only reason was the officer, the guy kind of talked over him, so the officer didn't really process it, or he just was nice enough to not say anything about it. Because, you know, being snarky to law enforcement officers, you know, not a great idea. They've got you pulled over there. You know, he could write you a ticket for for anything, <laughs> anything within reason, I suppose. But, uh, you know, plus it's just, it's not, it's unnecessary and a little disrespectful. You don't need to, you know, talk to the officer that way. But I will say after, after that though, I thought the driver was pretty cool about explaining everything that the car can do. And I thought that the officer rolled with it really nicely. He, you know, asked what the car was and was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So kind of all's well that ends well on this. I, you know, the, the clip was so, so viral, so talked about this week, I thought I would go ahead and play it for you in case you haven't seen it. You don't really need to see anything. Uh, all you see is, you know, because it's dash cams, you just see the driver. But um, so there you go. There's that. It, and it's also an interesting, you know, it's, it's a reminder, too, that it just tells me, it's like, hey, that there are still places where, relatively speaking, Teslas are unicorns. Uh, th- those places still exist. Here in here in California, that that's not the case anymore. You know, they're they're very much a a normal uh, occurrence, which which is great. But you know, in a way, I'm I'm actually like, I'm 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 envious in a in a lot of ways of those of you who live in areas where Teslas aren't as common with, that that have Teslas because you get to be a total rock star in your town. It's like oh, the guy with the Tesla. Uh, that's not the case here in California. But in any case. Uh, yeah, I wonder how much longer the the whole unicorn thing will last anywhere in at least in the United States. That's uh, the, at the rate Tesla's going. It, it might not last too much longer. So there was that. And then finally this week, I've kind of hinted at it a couple of times earlier in the podcast. Version nine of Tesla software, which I went over the details of last week, has begun rolling out. Tesla themselves tweeting out. In fact, they didn't just tweet little videos explaining some of the new features. They actually sent out emails about it to the owners, which I thought was a really great thing to do. I don't remember. I mean, I guess I wasn't an owner with the last major release with uh, V8, but uh, I think this is a great thing for Tesla to do, to be really proactive about these updates and the changes and the new features that are in them. However, there's one caveat here uh, Elon had noted earlier in the week that, quote, got to make sure we iron out the details, the long tail of tricky edge cases, for instance. Uh, it's important to get the front wide angle, the B pillar, and the side repeater camera neural nets just right. So uh, what he what that would later go on to mean that we would we would find out a couple of days later is that drive on uh Uh, or pardon me, navigate on autopilot or drive on nav was the code name thing. But yeah, navigate on autopilot, that big new enhanced autopilot feature is being held back a bit longer while Tesla continues to tweak as Elon had noted there. But the rest of V9 is rolling out now. So uh, if you haven't seen that that glorious alarm clock icon pop up on the, the top of your Tesla dashboard screen just yet, you should expect to see that 
in the coming days. And you know, we're, you're going to get all that stuff. The the dash cam, the initial version of the the dash cam capability. You're going to get the blind spot monitoring. Uh, hopefully, we're still going to get the cameras being the side cameras being used to at least render other cars around you on the dashboard screens. That that's my biggest question is is that sort of tied to drive you know or not tied to but is are they not going to turn on the cameras at all in until uh until navigate on autopilot comes around i guess that's a question i'm confident uh, is going to be answered by the time you hear this <laughs> so whether whether i'll get the update myself or or uh you know other folks will and we'll find out online but in any case v9 is rolling out look for that alarm clock icon to show up in your car anytime now. And that is it for the Tesla news this week. I realize it's already been a super long, super busy show with a lot to cover, but if you want to hang around or maybe pause, come back. It's a podcast. You can come back anytime you want. I've got the usual awesome batch of Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls lined up for you if you want to stick around for that right after this. As I start the Ride the Lightning Hotline, the part of the show where you guys call in with your questions, comments, and discussion topics. Sure enough, Daisy the Boxer Puppy snoozing away over there. She didn't make it through the whole show. She never does. Hopefully you guys do. (laughs) Anyway, uh, again, your calls, your comments, your discussion topics, drop me a line. I encourage the participation. I love it. I think it adds a lot to this podcast. You can call in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record something, please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops. Email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or do the same minute, minute and a half call. Uh, Leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can just call this up anytime, day or night, 24-7. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-989. 8752. That's 1 888 989 TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, please visit lifeonrecord.com. Kicking it off here with Andrew in Florida, who has a really good memory about potential Model 3 features. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is uh, Andrew from East Myrtle Beach, Florida. Uh, I was wondering if you happen to have heard, because you seem to have the uh, ear and the voice of Elon, uh, or maybe you've heard from other sources, um, regarding the sunroof option for the Model 3. And again, I'm using Tesla's term. I'm a car enthusiast. It really should be called a moonroof. But what I'm referring to is not the all-glass roof that I think Tesla is already referring to as a sunroof, which is standard on the the long-range premium Model 3s. I'm referring to an openable moonroof, a roof that slides open. Uh, Again, called moonroof, but Tesla refers to it as a sunroof. Uh, Option, for example, on the S, I'm referring to that that panel that opens. Um, If you know, they were supposedly going to offer that as an option for the Model 3, but I don't see anything on the website. I'm wondering if they're just deferred to the all-glass roof as the 
version of that for for Model 3. But I'm just wondering if you know anything. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Andrew, I am glad you brought this up. Tesla has only ever made one public comment about this ever, to the very best of my knowledge. And it was Doug Ford, the uh, VP of, eh, what was his, the engineering, I believe. Anyway, Doug made that comment to me on my Model 3 test ride back on March 31st, 2016. Here is that clip. Will that front piece of uh, last be uh, openable or be retractable or? Up here? Yeah. Yes, we'll have both um, available both as fixed glass or as a metal roof or as a uh, panoramic sunroof type roof. Well, as you can hear, Doug sounded very confident about those plans there, but I have to presume it's never happening at this point in time, especially given how much things have changed since that night. As far as the the laser focus on production efficiency goes, you know, think Tesla's remember their their goal, their entire production thought process changed after that night when they got so many reservations, more than than their even wildest dreams could have anticipated. I mean, heck, Doug isn't even with the company anymore, so there's that too. Uh, I'm guessing that that the moonroof is going to stay a Model S exclusive feature, making it, you know, it'll be like one little way that the S can kind of differentiate a bit more uh, from from the Model 3. So thanks for that call, Andrew. Let's go next to Jason in Newport Beach, who also uh, laments a missing Model 3 feature. Jason, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Jason from Newport Beach calling. Uh, I have a question regarding the Model 3 versus Model S and X entertainment system. Uh, as an S and X owner, I've enjoyed Sirius XM satellite radio in both of those vehicles. When I got my Model 3, I just assumed it would have Sirius XM, but it doesn't, and it doesn't look like it has any capability to do so. So I'm a little disappointed by that, but I was wondering if you had any knowledge or, or, or understanding of why Tesla elected not to offer Sirius XM as an option in the Model 3. Thanks. Bye. Jason, I wish I knew. I personally, I have a lifetime subscription to Sirius that I got in 2006, pre-installed in my last new car. Uh, and I've, I've hung on to it. I've kept it. I would love to be able to transfer that over to my Model 3. They have, I mean, the Sirius XM is, uh, is not only, you know, they're a pretty established player at this point. They have 30-something million subscribers and they just bought Pandora. So there's definitely value for Tesla there to offer to their customers if Tesla would just go ahead and include the the hardware or make it an option. But I have to say, I doubt it's going to happen anytime soon because I just don't see Tesla adding one more thing into the mix, especially one that is optional, that has to be paid for, uh, where the alternative choice is Tesla can not do it, still have untold amounts of demand, and continue to focus on efficiency and profitability. I, I have to say, I've come to accept it. Uh, I will say, at least you and I, you can listen to SiriusXM via Bluetooth in the car through, through the SiriusXM app on your phone. 
I know that doesn't help if you're on a road trip where there is no cell signal and you normally would be able to pull down the actual satellite signal, but uh, that seems to be the, the best we can do for the time being. Model S is the, uh, I believe is the only Tesla that offers it because I don't think the X does because it's it's in the sun. You have to order the sunroof, the moonroof on, uh, on Model S, I believe that if my memory serves correctly. So I think the S is the only car you can get Sirius XM in. But anyway, let's go next to Will in the UK, who uh, he opened my eyes to something I never really thought about. Let's see if it does the same for you. Will, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is William Clark here phoning from the southwest of England in the United Kingdom over here in Europe. I love your podcast. It's very clear. Your responses are very well thought out. And the questions from your listeners are excellent and always most enjoyable. I have a simple question that I wonder if you could ask your listeners, please. And it's this, that over here in the UK and generally as a nation, we are 90% right-handed. When the right-hand drive Tesla Model 3 comes over here, 90% of us will be using our left hands to operate the screen. That means that 10% of Americans using a left-hand drive car will be using their non-dominant hand to operate the screen. And I wonder how they find it. Uh, clearly, I'm not ambidextrous, and I just wonder how I'd manage. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a Model 3. I've had a deposit down since February of this year. But naturally, having never seen one and ordered it, I'm very interested to know what your thoughts are and your listeners. Many thanks. All the best. First of all, real quick, I went and checked between calls there uh, on the, the from Jason to Newport Beach. I was mistaken. You can get Sirius XM in a Model X. So sorry, I got that wrong. Fixed it. But yeah, you definitely cannot get it in the Model 3, uh, you know, officially through the car. So that remains a bummer. Anyway, Will, uh, you were very complimentary to me, William, and uh, and by the way, and to my audience. And now I have to give you a compliment, and that is that you've just called in with an excellent question I had never even considered until now. You are absolutely right. Left-hand drive Teslas mean that right-handed people get to use their dominant hand on a Tesla touchscreen. Uh, and the opposite for UK, that is that is uh, not the case. So what I would say to that is a couple things. First, I would like to invite any right-handed S or X owners from the UK, just since the three is not out there yet, but any uh, right-handed Tesla owners from the UK to send me a hotline call in response to this. Uh, that way, those folks, William, can give you a literal first-hand impression <laughs> of what uh, using their offhand on the touchscreen is like. Uh, second, with the, with the SX and 3, many functions are controllable via the steering wheel scroll buttons, so uh, that, I think, should help offset the awkwardness of having to use your uh, non-dominant hand on the touchscreen by reducing the frequency with which you actually have to do so. So, all right, let's see if any of your uh, Southpaw countrymen 
want to call in to discuss what, what life is like as a, a left-handed S or X owner. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Super appreciate it. Let's go next to Josh in Virginia, who uh, had a, a sort of interesting revelation, potentially, about his Performance Model 3. Josh, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Josh from Virginia. I just wanted to get your take on something real quick. So I bought a uh, all-wheel drive car, Model 3, not too long ago, and I just recently bought a performance all-wheel drive. I took delivery. Everything was good, but um, a couple days later, I noticed the window sticker in the back of the car. And when I got it, it said my car was just a regular long-range all-wheel drive, and it had the prices that matched the regular all-wheel drive. I confirmed the uh, VIN numbers, and they both matched. So I started to wonder if they just simply did like a software upgrade to make it a performance. And then I did some research on the forums, and this was happening to a couple other people as well. So it appears that the from an all-wheel drive to a performance is simply a software upgrade. And I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Thanks. Josh, I have seen these reports as well, and it appears that it might be the case I don't have a problem with it personally if it is, because what I'm paying for is the performance. And if Tesla can get me that performance in a way that is efficient for them, it honestly doesn't make a difference to me as long as I'm getting what I pay for. But what I would be concerned about, that being said, if I was in your situation, and I don't mean a panic level of concern, but something that I would want to try and send up the ladder at Tesla to get addressed relates to what Elon Musk told me on Twitter about the performance model threes back in May, back when orders were first opening. He said that the P3Ds have some drive unit components that aren't different per se, but been sorted, lot sorted to uh, be able to, to have been you know, tested to withstand the higher performance demands on the motors and drivetrains over the long term. And that long term is what I would be worried about here. Because what if you have an issue just outside the warranty period that happens to be related to the drivetrain? If it turns out that your car doesn't have those lot-sorted pieces... It's fair to ask, would that issue have even happened if your car did have those pieces? So that's what I would be trying to investigate with Tesla if this were me. Uh, I, I am reasonably certain that the community at large is going to dig more into this as well. So I will keep an eye on this story and report any interesting updates that happen to come along. And if you happen to find out anything from Tesla, Josh, if you inquire... I would also be curious to hear follow-ups from you as well. Next is Dan in Minnesota responding to Elizabeth's concern from last week about a Bluetooth problem that uh, that she was having. So, Dan, can you help us? Hello, Ryan and all the listeners. This is Dan from Minnesota. First of all, thanks for all your work. Our club here has a bunch of great people who are also, also your listeners. I heard uh, Elizabeth's comment today, September 30th, about phone audio over Bluetooth. Um, I used to talk in the car a lot, uh, my old job, and took it into the service center and I asked them this same question, saying people complain that they can't hear me pretty often, and they suggested that I turn my Apple Watch off when I'm when I'm on the phone. 
I was a little skeptical and AB tested it myself. Um, you know, someone I talked to regularly, um, and was actually surprised to find that flipping my, my watch into airplane mode, um, you know, just before getting a call or making one actually helped. Um, so hope that helps somebody. Um, second thing, just more of a personal note, I got my uh, model S used and bought it without any of the extras, uh, or the person who bought it originally did. So I don't have the tech package. Um, and I don't have navigation, so I'm just kind of fingers crossed someday uh, a, a software update will um, give mercy to all of us old Model S owners that don't have navigation. It'd be nice to have the heads-up display and be able to use that someday. Thanks again for your podcast. Um, have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye. Dan, thank you very much for that tip. And now that you do mention it, I seem to remember that that suggestion came up once before on the podcast. But nevertheless, uh, thank you for reminding all of us. Uh, I want to note Antonio from Lake Elsinore called in as well and suggested that, that he actually had this issue previously and a software update, uh, a Tesla software update fixed it at one point. So Elizabeth, if you are not on uh, the most recent version, or actually, I guess, regardless, maybe when you get V9, that might do the trick for you. And uh, Antonio also noted that the microphone is up in the grill uh, that little grill thing up on the Model 3 uh, up near the dome lights next to the hazard lights button. And one other person, that got it, we got a, a good bit of feedback here. Jerome in Lake County mentioned just as sort of a related thing that iOS 12 just broke his Bluetooth functionality in his Chrysler 300. So, you know, that just iOS 12 could be a culprit. So, Elizabeth, that, that gives you some options to look into Hopefully you're able to get it sorted out. Uh, I guess the first thing, you know, you check your uh, check the watch thing if you have an Apple Watch, and either way, then see what version nine does for you and go from there. Todd in uh, sticking to Minnesota. Speaking of folks from Minnesota, we've got Todd in St. Paul, who has a, a very interesting and relevant supercharger question, supercharging question to ask about his 2013 Model S. Todd, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Todd from St. Paul, Minnesota. I uh, just had a real quick question. Uh, I have a 2013 Model S. And I bought it from a third party, and there is no free supercharging on it. I would have to pay the $2,500 to get it. And it's really not worth my money because I don't go on that many long road trips. But I was curious if you think that AB Elon sometime in the future would offer, uh, you know, owners with the, who have vehicles like this uh, the opportunity to just pay as you go, like all the new customers are getting. Uh, thanks for the, thanks for making a great podcast. Bye. Todd, thank you for your call. Uh, so you must have a Model S sixty. Yes, because if my memory serves me correctly, that was the Model S that for a, a brief window had no included supercharging and you had to pay that $2,500 lump sum to unlock it. And then once you did, it was unlimited use for life after that. But you're right. Now that Tesla has the pay-as-you-go plan, that would sure be a lot cheaper for you and uh, anyone else in that with the 2013 S, and there's no real reason for Tesla to not 
put you on the current system unless there's a technical reason of some kind that I'm not aware of. And I mean, I'm not a software engineer, but I would think given that you're running the same core firmware as everyone else is, I can't, you know, surface level imagine that there would be a reason why they, they couldn't put you on that. So I'll have to see if I can find the right person to mention that to sometime to see if uh, there is, because there's definitely, there's got to be a pocket of you of, of those uh, early Model S 60 owners that are that are in that boat with you. So we'll see if we can dig up some some good information and, and uh, answers from Tesla about that. Let's go next to Saranj, who uh, also has a supercharging question. Saranj, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Saranj from the Bay Area. I'm debating uh, whether or not to get a 244 installed at my house because I work close to a supercharger, and I wanted to ask if uh, solely supercharging is actually bad for the battery, even if I don't charge up to 100% every day. Thanks. Love the podcast. Saranj, since you said you're in the Bay Area, I don't recommend doing this. In fact, I actually don't recommend doing this no matter what, but let me let me explain. So first, supercharging rates in California are higher than what you'll pay at home. 26 cents per kilowatt hour, which is about twice as high as the PG&E electric vehicle rate plans overnight rates, which is, you know, when you could schedule your car. That's what I'm doing, scheduling my car to charge overnight on, on that rate plan. Second, definitely do not charge to 100% on a regular basis. In fact, uh, never do that unless you're going on a trip. It's for the, the health of the battery. In fact, if you, if you look at your charging setup in the car and you can push the set charge limit button, the healthy battery range that Tesla recommends that you charge the car to is between 50% and 90%. I'm doing 80 myself, uh, just for what it's worth, which I know is, doesn't matter. It's between 50 and 90. But uh, third thing, I would go with the uh, 240 at home there because it's it's just going to be more convenient for you, honestly. Sure, it's a lot slower than a supercharger, but if you're plugging in overnight, it doesn't matter if it takes five minutes or five hours because you're sleeping anyway. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much for your call. Let's see here. We've got three calls left. Next up is Jeremy, who, uh, speaking of speaking of PG&E and their EV rate plan, uh, Jeremy's got a, a comment pertaining to that. So, Jeremy, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeremy. Um, I really enjoy your podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because you mentioned a month or so ago about the California PG&E rebates, and I wasn't aware of those. And I took delivery of my Model 3 in July and was able to receive the $500 rebate for that car and the Chevy Volt we bought a couple of years ago. So that uh, saved us quite a bit of money, and I really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to your podcast. Thank you. Bye. Jeremy, I'm glad I could be of help. And, and by the way, I'm not playing this call to pat myself on the back. Uh, honestly, it's honestly it's to remind anyone who might be a new listener, because I've been, been fortunate that I've uh, my, my download numbers are going up. They're going in the proper direction. So if you happen to be a new listener and you happen to be in California, because I know that is that is a, a lot of my listeners are in California. And if you're a PG&E customer, if that's your utility company, you can get a $500 rebate 
just for buying any electric vehicle. It doesn't even matter if it's a Tesla. It's a simple form. You go on their website, uh, you put in your name, your PG&E account number, your, the, the VIN of your electric vehicle, and that's pretty much it. And you get your check turned around in like a week. Uh, and that basically will cover your charging installation. If you, if you put in a, a NEMA 1450 outlet, for instance, that, that basically covers that cost. So that's really great. So uh, even, and by the way, even if you're not on PG&E or not in California, check your, with your local utility company to see if there are any electric vehicle incentives or electric vehicle rate plans that might be advantageous to you uh, as you you take delivery of your Tesla. So thanks again, Jeremy. Our penultimate caller this week is Nick in Massachusetts. Just got himself a P3D and has a question, a couple of questions about it, actually. So Nick, how can I help you? Hi, Ryan. This is Nick from Massachusetts. I just picked up my Performance Model 3 um, last week, and it's amazing. I just had a couple of questions for you regarding uh, energy usage. So I'm getting on average about 300 watt hours per mile. Is that roughly what you're getting with the 20 inch tires? That comes out to about 250 miles of range, which is obviously much less than the stated 310. I know the tires would impact it, but it seems like quite a bit. Also, does rain have a significant impact on your energy usage? In the rain, I'm getting much higher energy usage, something more like 355 to 375 watt-hours per mile compared to an average overall of about 300 watt-hours per mile. Uh, And then lastly, do you notice a range reduction when you're just sitting in your car? I'm here, I have the windshield wipers going parked and in the last maybe 10 minutes I've seen a two mile reduction in range is that normal thanks love to hear your thoughts love the show bye yes to all of that Nick Uh, congratulations on your car by the way Uh, my lifetime watt hours per mile after about 2200 miles is I've gotten it down to 303 And, you know, that's the tires breaking in. I'm settling in with the car, kind of getting used to it. I'm doing better on freeway cruises, but a little higher in the city because it's just nothing but hills in San Francisco. Uh, And, you know, my breakdown is it's pretty much I'm all city during the week and all uh, freeway on the weekends. As I've said, the 20-inch tires, the 20-inch wheels, specifically the wheels, not the tires, they are a killer which I expected coming into it. And uh, yes, rain will affect you, as will a headwind if you happen to run into one of those. And if you're just sitting there with the climate control going too, yeah, I've noticed you might drop a tick or two while you're sitting there idling. So uh, happy to answer all those questions for you. Enjoy the car, have fun with it, and congrats again. The honor of last call of the week goes to Brad in Lexington, Kentucky, who responds to our friend DJ in North Central Ohio about his uh, just adding some more tips, more efficiency tips from Brad. So, Brad, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Really appreciate the show. This is Brad Robertson, Lexington, Kentucky. Let me start off by saying thank you. During the long wait for delivery, as many people did, I would occasionally get frustrated and and entertain thoughts of just ditching the reservation. But... uh, 
hearing you share your frustrations and then also uh, by example you you passed up early delivery to get the car exactly as you wanted with the color and the interior and the dual motor it kind of gave me perspective and, and did make the weight a little more tolerable uh, so again thank you for that what my call is about is the gentleman who timed his charging to er end early in the morning to minimize vampire drain and uh, that's a great idea one I also subscribe to but I, I went a whole other step further in uh, uh, kind of I, I guess a neurosis trying to maximize the battery life so not only do I time the charge but I also minimize um, the charging amperage I take it down to half the max on my NEMA 1450 so I'm adding about 16 miles of range to the hour which takes about six hours from my daily commute and then time the charge based on that, which uh, ends, like I said, ends in the morning like, like the other gentleman did. So uh, just some, something for those people who are wanting to eke out every little bit of millimeter of range this car can get in the, in the big picture, the overall mileage. And uh, again, appreciate your show so much, and I hope you continue to spread the news about this evolution of uh, vehicles that are clean and and uh, fun and great for the planet. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Brad. While I want to be clear that nobody has to do it this way, uh, because by his own admission, Brad is taking his quest for efficiency to the extreme. But I have to say, for me, it does become kind of fun to gamify your travel in these cars, doesn't it? You know, it stuff like trying to get the lowest watt hours per mile on a run or trying to use the brake as absolutely little as possible ever. Like, you know, the, the, the micro version of that being see if you can time lifting your foot off the accelerator just perfectly so that you roll right up to the red light or stop sign without needing your brakes, your, your friction brakes. Uh, I, I should also add for folks too, Brad sent me his car's name, which I think is a really good one. I'll mention it real quick. It's lowercase PR and then in all caps, ICELESS. So priceless, got a double, double reference there. I always love that. That's great. Good stuff, Brad. Thank you for the call. Thanks to all of you who called in. Uh, those of you who called in and like, hey, where was my call? It probably ended up in one of the the uh, in the Ride the Lightning Hotline Patreon exclusive bonus episode, which I do promise is going up this weekend. I know my my grace my self imposed grace period of making sure it's it's done and posted within the first week of the month is just about over, but it ended up being a pretty busy week. I'll get to it on the weekend uh, so you can listen for your calls there. That's where all the extra awesome calls go that I just don't have room to get to here during the regular weekly show. So again, if you want to call in, I encourage it. I love it. I love hearing from you. I love having more voices on the show, more participation. You can either record something on your smartphone, minute, minute and a half, email me the file, teslapodcast at gmail.com or call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Toll-free number, dial at any time, leave a message. It's 1-888-989-8752. And uh, I will be right back after one more short little five-second break right after this. 
uh, the spirit of adventure this week. Had a good week. On my way to the Fremont Delivery Hub to help out last Saturday, I was going south uh, down 101, and a white P3D, I could tell it was a P3D because it had 20s with the red brake calipers, it pulled up next to me very deliberately, and I look over, and before I can even wave, he was waving at me, which made me feel so good. Again, the community is as good as what we make of it. Try it. Try it. Wave at another Tesla owner. If you get a wave back, it makes your day at least 1% better. So you get a few waves, suddenly your day is that much better. Uh, I also, on a run, uh, had a mo my most efficient stretch yet in the car, at least of any significance. It was like a 50-something mile stretch between, between charges. I got 241 watt-hours per mile, which uh, I had not seen a number that low, that good, in the P3D yet in my time with it. That equates to about 308 miles of range, which is pretty much right on dead on the EPA rating. Now, I know that those of you with 18-inch wheels, not even 19-inch wheels in the, the, the rear-wheel drive configuration of Model 3, you see that number, that's your normal life. That's your everyday life. But it's a first for me. So I loved seeing that. That was cool. And my car also got, uh, we, had, we had a little bit of rain in the Bay Area this week, and car got rained on. It got filthy for the first time. It was really just super dirty to, to look at. I couldn't take it. Uh, I, had to, I had to wash it uh, in, in the middle of the week. I couldn't even wait. I went, went down to my garage, and I washed it, and now it looks super nice and shiny again. I just couldn't even stand them. I mean, you know, I'm still in the new car honeymoon phase. I can't even bear to look at it dirty. I got to keep it clean. Keep it clean. All right, so uh, plug-wise, let me start by, well, I already told you about the referral program stuff and the, you know, the, the fact that you can, you can apply, you can get that $100 supercharging credit, you know, good for, again, roughly a year's worth of free supercharging by buying any new Tesla, including any version of the Model 3, not just the performance. So gave you all that info at the top, if you would be so kind as to use my referral code, give it to other people in your life. If you know there, you got a, you got family member, friends buying uh, a Tesla, give them, give them my code. Let's see if we can pull off this impossible dream together as you, uh, you've all been so supportive of me uh, for the last three years plus and counting here. Abstract Ocean, they, of course, continue with their generous 15% discount code, that coupon code for first-time customers. So if you're buying stuff at abstractocean.com, again, they specialize a uh, lot, of, lot of accessories, lighting kits specifically, improved LED lighting kits for in, a lot of interior stuff, but some exterior as well. The puddle lights shining that cool logo down underneath your door at night when you open your, your door, the screen protectors, all that stuff. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout and get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, you've heard how uh, good a care Jeff took of me and my car. So if you are interested in 
any sort of detailing service, big or small for your car, whether it's uh, a clay bar wash and wax, like a, just a nice deep clean, or whether you want to do paint correction, paint protection film, the ceramic coating, which like I said, is like the, the three to five year super wax. You know, you only have to do it once every three to five years. Any of that, all of that, look them up. IRDetailing.com is the website. You can also look them up on Yelp or Instagram under uh, immaculate underscore reflections on those sites there. Uh, he's got over 16 years of experience. He will, I am very confident after my experience that he will take very good care of you. Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast, you find it informative, you find it maybe even a little entertaining from time to time, and you see fit to support me, I would sincerely appreciate it. This, uh, the uh, Patreon is there. It's got all the information you need if you want to take a look. And, and I, that's all I would ask is that you take a look, see what's doing over there, see what little bonuses you can get for the different tiers of support. The website is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing for Instagram, which is where all of my Spirit of Adventure adventures go to. DMC underscore Ryan on Instagram. Uh, let's see, did I give the email address? Teslapodcast at gmail.com. Ah, if you're buying the Jada wireless charging pad, sadly, I don't have a discount code for you there. But if you have a Qi compatible, you know, wireless charging um, cell phone and you want to get that uh, that nice, I think it's nice. I'm happy with mine, the, the Jada wireless charging pad. I would humbly ask that you use my code because I get a couple bucks off of it if you do the, or this link. So just type this into your browser, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash the number eight. So uh, Jada, J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And that leaves the thank you for the Patreon producers, the wonderful folks supporting me at the producer level. Let me go in reverse order this time. Give the, the, the newer people on the list some love. EV Raps, thank you so much. Cookie UK, which is uh, the JC at ev-alliance.co.uk. My friend Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Scott Gillis, Bill Royko, Rick Sinta. I believe it was Rick, too, that just took delivery of his car, if I'm remembering correctly, from, his, from Twitter. So, Rick, congratulations. Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, Stefan Joris, Luke Miles, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., who uh, hoped to be, he's, uh, he's, he said he's coming to San Francisco. I'm hoping to meet him face-to-face. That'd be super fun here in the, in the next few weeks. Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Kenneth Martin, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, uh, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Parra, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, and Paul Hussey. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Again, that's a totally free thing, not a money thing. Uh, subscribing just means the podcast gets downloaded to you automatically each and every week. So please subscribe if you're not doing so already on iTunes, uh, Google Play, preferably Google Podcasts if you're an Android user, but it's also on Stitcher 
It's on TuneIn, which is in your Tesla. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. Again, just audio-only episodes, but every every single episode's on YouTube. Or the podcast hosting site where you can grab either individual MP3 downloads or pick up the RSS feed. If, uh, if that is your preference, you can find that at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. It's been another long episode, but another busy week, action-packed week of Tesla good stuff, mostly good stuff. Uh, I had a lot of fun this week. I thought there were a lot of interesting topics to discuss, a lot of neat calls, a lot of fun things to go over. I loved being able to call it back. Uh, yeah, when, um, let's see, who was it that called in? Oh, Andrew from Florida, that first call where he was asking about the sunroof. I just went, oh, that's right. Doug Ford talked about that. And I, did, I went back through the archives and dug out the specific clip, the specific moment in the show where he, where I'd had that clip and said that. It's, it's, I like going back and you know, it's like, oh yeah, remember that? Like, man, if you're ever, like kind of on that note, if you're ever, like maybe you've just taken delivery of your Model 3 recently, like I have. Yeah, you could go back and listen to episode 35. That was the Model 3 unveiling episode where it's me waiting in line overnight with the other campers. It's me going to Hawthorne uh, to see the car unveiling, to ride in it, all that stuff. Like, it'd be kind of, it might be kind of fun. Like, you know, not that you're nice enough. You give me enough of your time each week anyway, but it could be fun to go back and listen to that again now with sort of the, 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 to look back on it. Like you have your car now, like go back and maybe that'll remind you of what you were feeling back when, when this thing was first originally revealed. But anyway, I'm rambling too long. I should let you go. You're all very busy people. You have a lot to do. I, again, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time each and every week. It is the most valuable resource we have. You can't make more of it. It just, time just is. And so I thank you for for spending some of your valuable time with me here on Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. We've got a sleeping puppy next to me, Daisy the Boxer. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun. <laughs>